Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labbrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Welcome along to the Build Up on Balls.ie, our podcast here in association with Labbrooks. And this week we're going to be chatting to Kevin Doyle about Euro 2012. We're looking, we should be looking forward to Euro 2020. It should be just a week away, but... Uh, Unfortunately, we had to wait another year. So, as always, I've joined by Mick McCarthy. And Mick, I don't know what kind of memories it's going to bring up for Kevin. Um, they're actually, even though, you know, the pitch, the performance on the pitch didn't go our way, as a fan, it was incredible. It was the first time I, as an adult, yeah. could look forward to a major tournament. And it was it was a brilliant experience, but it was just unfortunate that we couldn't actually get out of the group. Did you go? No, I was no, uh, I. working for uh, incredible sports site called Balls.ie at the time. Uh, which yeah. was uh, in its infancy, and it was like it was, but it was magic because it was an excuse. You know, I was only I think I just finished college, and I was at home, and I was like, right, well, I'm actually uh, able to enjoy a major footballment and have the excuse of oh, I need to watch all these games for work. I have to sit in here. I can't. <laughs> I can't go and do other things. Yeah. So, I didn't get to go either. I was left manning the fort back at home as the entire rest of the team that I worked with all went, but uh, it was, uh, it was the young man issue at the time, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was still a kind of a, I don't know if I enjoyed it really, but I always thought that Poland looked amazing and it looked like one of the best. We'll talk to Kevin a little bit about that, about how much the players kind of, uh, felt that, but I always thought it was a brilliant venue for Euros. Um, I know it was Poland and Ukraine, but the Irish fans are in Poland. Um, in terms of like, and, and Poznan especially seemed like a kind of a small place where everybody could get together and have fans and almost reestablish that sort of Ireland on tour thing that it had been so long really because Japan was never going to be in that same way and America is its own thing and it's very spread out and you're in New Jersey or you're in Orlando and you're never going to take over a place like that. You know, So they probably haven't had it since like the small towns of Italy. Uh, like yep. in Palermo and Cagliari and things like that uh, in 1990, you know. Um, so there was a kind of, a, and then we kind of had it again in France four years later. So yeah. I think that that's really established what that sort of Ireland that a major championship really was. That was probably the last and legacy of 2012 for me. Like, you know. That's it as well. And it's like, with, for me then, I was at the Ireland-Sweden game and the Ireland-Belgium one in France then four years later. And you're kind of going out you're more present or something because of it because you're like when we're looking at obviously at 2012 you're looking at videos going geez this looks class and you're, I'd love to be out there so when you're going at 2016 you're almost going armed going this is going to be brilliant and yeah. you have to just be ready to enjoy it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. like it, the, the tournament itself like you know I, it's a funny one because it sounds a bit depressing to kind of look back on it and we'll chat to Kevin about it and we'll see what he has to say but for me I almost feel like it's time for a a bit of a retrospective on it. I think there's a sort of a sense of, we almost never talk about it. It's almost, oh, we had the World Cup in twenty in 2002, and then, you know, we had such a long way. And then we got the Euro 2012, and that was a disaster. And then Euro 2016 was this brilliant thing. And it's like it's they've never even discussed, you know. And we did come up against the European and world champions who would go on to be the European champions again. We came up yeah. to the team against the team who I don't think we're all that strong, but find a way to win and got to the final in Italy and we got a, a team that we massively underestimated constantly in Croatia who we see what some of those players that are still in the team this today and got to a World Cup final um, just two years ago like yeah 
we kind of had no chance. Like, let's face it, sometimes Ireland, we look when you were when I was a kid, right? So, me and Kevin, we've about the same age. You probably don't remember it at all, but like, I don't remember Euro 88, but you would have still grown up with it. I kind of remember Italian 90, and you definitely grew up with that. And I really remember USA 94. We're underdogs in all of those tournaments. We're going in, there's only eight teams in Euro 88, you know what I mean? We're massive yeah. underdogs. And we perform and we do this. And leading up to 2012, we're all convincing ourselves that we're going to do this again. And it didn't, we weren't able to kind of separate the team we actually had versus what we had before. And yeah. there were some very, very good players that they just might have been, you know, Shea Given wasn't at his best. He was injured. You had the likes of Kevin and Robbie, Richard Dunn, uh, John O'Shea, all in pretty good nick. But maybe those around them weren't at the level that they'd been two years before or... Yeah, it's just, or also the fact, just the opposition. Like, I mean, if you compare it to 2002 World Cup, even like, yeah, I mean, you had Saudi Arabia and you had Cameroon, and Cameroon were decent at Eto, but like, Cameroon still probably weren't as good as that Croatia team that we played, and Croatia were the worst team in the group compared to. I would say that I would say that German team weren't as good as the Croatia team. That we yeah. played. I know they got to the final, but it was the weirdest World Cup of all time. That was that was the one we looked at. Now, Germany team. Yeah, we'd win yeah. that penalty shootout. I mean, we could have we could have gotten to the final. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that's another retrospective where it was like, yeah, oh, yeah, well, sure. Look at you. Uh, we would have beaten South Korea. Uh, sure, Germany were no good. We should have had to beat the group anyway. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> look at uh, also Mick. Uh, we uh, we've got the news now that we've got Premier League coming back in a couple of weeks. So I'm sure you're excited for that as an Aston Villa fan. You have a good relegation battle to sink your teeth into. Oh, leave me alone. But I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to watch well, the games. Weird and all as they'll be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I get very excited out of also like waiting for fancy football even just to come back so I can start yeah. the team or see what happens, all those different Hope bits. I remember my well, password. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Later on in the show, uh, you're gonna be uh, playing with PJ Brown. We're gonna you're gonna try and win the All Ireland. Uh, it's gonna be a Hurling Championship one. We'll give you that much Ooh, in our uh, All Ireland quiz. The Kilkenny uh, win it. <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't decided in the year yet. I'm going to make it up as I go along. Um, I'm, trying, I'm just going to tell you that anyway, so I don't accidentally give it away. But uh, we'll also be playing one Labrox one two three, where you can win yourself a hundred euro cash by correctly predicting the score of three with this weekend's Bundesliga matches. Uh, I, I I came close last oh, week. Oh, Mark! Uh, I was looking up the let scores. Let me tell you later on. Yeah, let me tell you later on. Right I came on. close. Exactly. First of all, let's jump into our chat with Kevin Dyer about Euro 2012. We are delighted now to be joined by Kevin Dyle on the line. Kevin, how's it going? Good, lads. Good to see you again. Good stuff. Uh, it's going well at the minute, but who knows what it'll be like at the end of this chat because we're going to dig up some memories of Euro 2012 given that Euro should have been about to start this week, but I uh, was waiting another 12 months. But uh, you obviously played at Euro 2012. But before we get yeah. to the tournament, uh, just going back to um, the qualifier, the, the famous night in Paris after uh, the World Cup qualifier against France, like coming out of that, was what was the feeling going into that Euro 2012 qualifying campaign then? Was it a case of, you know, the team then bite by GCU lads, we can do this for, uh, do we get a bigger resolve? Or was it a case of, oh, maybe that was our chance to get to a major tournament? Uh, can I just say the lockdown has gone on that long now we've ended up going back to Euro 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be over by now um, before we got to this stage. Uh, my, my memory... Uh, you know what, I'm trying to let me think back on it. Um, quite positive I, after a Paris game going into the Euros, thinking, you know what, we have a great squad here and we were all, you know, apart from not making the World Cup, we were 
quite happy where we were as a team, I think, in the squad. Looking back on it now, that was our that was the probably peak of that squad and, and it was the you know, we were all getting older and been together for a long time and it was actually more of a transition change up period. We peaked around that France game probably and then we snuck into that Euros. Don't ask me who, who we played or who we in a qualifying group can't remember a game. Um, <laughs> if you bring it up, I'll, I'll bring up the games and scores. I'll, I'll get some memory back of them. But uh, going into the Euros and we qualified and everything. And you know, looking back now, I think we were on a downward way. It was easy to say that now, but at the time, I didn't think that. Um, quite confident going into the Euros. Top preparation had gone fairly well. Um, so yeah, um, didn't obviously know. You know, we've seen our, we, we found out our group or whatever a few months in advance. Um, knew it was a tough group, but probably didn't realise going into it how tough, uh, as it turned out, looking back how tough a group that was. But um, yeah, it wasn't, you know, you're going to my first first and only major championship. Um, yeah. Would have obviously preferred it to have been a bit more exciting to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah, going into the like looking ahead towards the championship, like say you were winding down the club season or whatever. Uh, what was it like over the coming? You know, the view was coming over the horizon. Were you worried or anything about you know, getting injuries, or was it just pure excitement and kind of? You know, just so can't wait Wolves, to... Oh, we were in a, we had a shit show at Wolves, which was unfortunate. We got <laughs> we were in a relegation battle, and Mick McCarthy got sacked. Um, I can't remember. Probably around February, March time, maybe. Uh, was just after, yeah, probably February, and then. Terry Connor got the job, and we 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 were we were relegated within a month ago, I think, or whatever. And so he was changing around and like going to play other players. And you're like, you need to play us, few Irish lads. You need to play us. We've got a Euro squad that we can't, you know, afford to be giving young lads a chance here. I need to be playing games. So I remember that particularly stands out for me. And um, you know, my form wasn't I felt I actually was getting good nick going into Euros physically wise, but my form wouldn't have been great, you know. And um so that side of it, I suppose I was um yeah, thinking back on it, you know, um trying to get myself into a bit of form going into it. Physically I was fit. Um and I didn't feel any uh I didn't feel a lack of confidence or anything like that once the season ended and I got involved, got joined up with the squad, I felt fit and ready to go and was confident I personally was going to have a, a good competition. So no, um, yeah, it was, that was my, I suppose, looking back, glancing back, that memory. I remember having that conversation with Terry Connor, who was the Wolves manager when, when Mick got sacked. Me, Stephen Hunt and Ward, you know, and saying, listen, we need to play some games. Terry can't be leaving us out and, and playing the young lads now between now and the end of the season, which is what would, was going to happen and what did happen at times. I didn't play all the games one to play. Um, they were looking, Wolves were looking to the following season, giving young lads a chance to get a capital game between the Premier League because we'd already already confirmed relegation five or six weeks ago. Can I ask um, what the group was like at that time? So you'd all been together for quite a while. There was obviously the, the, the Paris kind of thing, which I'm sure brings a group closer together. And I even remember the, the sort of celebrations after the Estonia uh, game in Lansdowne, because it was all kind of done and dusted after the away leg, winning 4-0. And there was just a really good kind of party atmosphere there. And again, not too many new names had come through, maybe one or two. I think James McLean kind of came through during the sort of warm-ups and, um, you know, Simon Cox was around, Paul Green maybe. But generally, this was a core of a group that had been together a long time. Was it yeah. still kind of were you all like was there still a kind of an excitement about going over for Ireland for you say for you at that stage kind of been in the team five years or so four or five years yeah. um, you go over and you're going to the Euros and you're getting together for the friendlies beforehand was it still a good group still yeah I still 
Um, especially when your when your club form isn't going as well, it's lovely to get away and join up. And, and yeah. it was always, um, you know, we were like together a long time. That bunch of players, we got on very well, knew each other very well. And, you know, a lot of that group had, you know, come in same time as me. And yeah, just good friends, done a lot together. Um, so no, no, I don't think there was that. Um, Tired of each other feeling. Maybe other lads would say different. Um, so every 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 time you meet up with Ireland was would have been different. You know, depending on your circumstance with your club and you know yeah. behind the scenes with your own personal life, whatever. So you're not going to say you're buzzing every time you. Not going to lie you and say every international call like, oh, and it's just a fantastic feeling. Blonde green jersey. I couldn't wait to get in a train and not even <laughs> like that. This is not like that. Everyone, like every job you, whatever's going on in the background, your club might be struggling or whatever is going on in your life. So players will be in different moves when they meet up you know so it's just life um, um, but in general as any squad goes that's as good a bunch of players who got on together as any team I've ever played with um, you know we, we really did you know we would have socialised a bit together if we got the chance um, we would have yeah all, all been together a long time I don't know if there was any lads not talking to each other or any, anything like that in the group that I can remember um, so going into the Euros I think we were we were, we were in a good Good place, yeah. It, what do you remember of the Croatia game? Because it was kind of, it was just a, such, such a sucker punch in that group because everything kind of hinged on that first match. Yeah. But then also, there's a thing of like, oh, we need to get out of the group or, you know, want to get out of the group and you're going into that. But at the same time, you just kind of want to enjoy the experience as well. And that it's your first game at a major tournament and yeah. within three minutes, Croatia have gone ahead. But we played quite well in that game and just. You know, we came unlucky, got goals either side of half time, seems to could have had a penalty as well. But. Oh, there wasn't a whole lot between us in the game um, for long periods of it. You know, big moments that went against us. We, you know, and that's all I can say. But we were well prepped, and it was, listen, we, we, we were sort of aware that that game was, was everything, you know. And that, we didn't know how good Italy were going to be in the tournament. We knew, we knew how good Spain were, obviously, but Italy at the time were a little bit. You're, you're unsure, and it turns out they went to the final. But um, Croatia, we thought we could we could get something from that game. We've had so long building up to this, a lot of pressure, a lot of you're doing you know just getting away from that game. The amount of PR events and, and media and stuff you're doing from you know months and months leading up to that. So it's, yeah. you just can't wait to get to that game. You have so many you know camp and build up you know beforehand. You're, we were in Italy for a few weeks, and we were in I can't remember were we in Norway or somewhere. I remember the game was called off as a lightning or sort of delayed and we, we were here there and everywhere it seemed you just want to get that first game out of the way and then all of a sudden it's there and you know didn't play that badly but got beat and you everyone players we weren't saying it publicly but obviously the press and fans and all, everyone coming and saying well that's it we're, we're screwed now you know the tournament's done for us so um, it was it felt very anticlimactic, I suppose. Um, you know, you're so looking forward to the tournament. And that, those three games were in the space, it's, I don't know, maybe seven or eight days. I can't remember the time, but it seemed very quickly, three games. And yeah. all of a sudden, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but all of a sudden you're out of the tournament. You're out of the tournament nearly after that game. And then we, we played it. You didn't play too bad against it again, but we got beat and, and it's over. And we had to wait around for that Spain game. And it was just, you know, I suppose you look back as a kid, Ireland had done so well and when they did get to major tournaments and the country was buzzing for it and, and everyone, players included and fans, everyone expected something similar. Um, going to Poland and it just, uh, you know, it just, it was anticlimactic for everyone. Um, you know, there was, 
moans and groans about this, that, and the other. But um, looking back on it, we we were just up against better teams. We could have played a little better in games, um, but you know, on paper, um, Spain and Italy, especially, were, were just better than us. Croatia was the one. Um, we should have hoped to get something from that, and then just try survive against Italy and Spain and try to get a group and wasn't to be. It probably looks back on as a bigger failure. You know, people think of it as a bigger failure than it actually was. Um, I'm not just saying it because I was there, but at the time it was nearly it was nearly a you know a joke or like everyone you know you know when any Irish sporting team doesn't do well, the piss is taken out of them a little bit, or whether it's the rugby or soccer, whatever. And, and it was like, Jesus, what a disgrace you were at Euro 2012. <laughs> but when you really analyze it and look at it, yeah. you know, we're against the two finalists and semi finalists in a group and. Just, I think, from past experience of major championships, players and fans, we just expected us to raise our gear, get another gear, get some sort of fortune and big performance from somewhere, and it, it just didn't happen. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say that that group was so ridiculous. We knew at the time, but we all convinced ourselves. But in hindsight, when you look back on it, like that's the best Spain team, or one of the best international teams ever, about to win their third tournament in a row, <laughs> and we're up against them. Like it's there's not no, there's, it's still, a no win situation. Like. In the back of your mind, we can get something against these. Well, here. Yeah. You have to, and you could do on that one, but they were just so good, Spain, and, yeah. and even we were out, we were out anyway, but. You still believe, and then I don't know whether that's every country or wherever Ireland. We believe we can get something as everyone, our fans believe, and the players believe we do, and we do at times. You know, Germany or whatever when we beat Germany, yeah. or you know, um, in the last Euro 2016, get a big performance against that Italy team. But it was, again, I suppose that's a, looking at it, that was a different scenario. You're playing against uh, they were you know needing a result against an Italy team who didn't need a result and had. Rest of players where we suppose we didn't nothing went our way in that uh, Euro twenty twelve. We didn't get uh, but then we still still could have beat Croatia in that first game. We'd be talking yeah. if we didn't get out of the group, we'd beat Croatia in that first game. Um we'd be we'd have a totally different slant on that Euro yeah, exactly. I remember going into it, it was like, Oh yeah, should we beat Croatia and then Spain maybe Hold out for a draw, and then should we always be Italy any time we play them, <laughs> or at least get a draw? But like, was it possible then to, as a player, like you're obviously driven by that competitive edge, and you want to get out of the group, and you want you know you, every game you want to win it. But like, was it was it possible to actually enjoy the tournament as an experience? Then go through it. I suppose it is only that week. Yeah, well. no, it isn't. The build up is obviously a lot longer than the tournament. We we're together for. A long time. Uh, no, it's not really. You're, you're in a hotel room. Um, you don't get out of your hotel room. You don't. You know, you, we're in Poland. You could be in. You could be on the moon for all you know. Um, you know, it's it's, and that's not just Ireland. That's every team who plays. Um, so you don't. And, and when you're, you know, when the Italy and Croatia games are out of the way, and you know you're playing Spain, um, and you're already out of the tournament, and you know everyone's, you know. You're here and you're getting it from here, there, and everywhere about how crap you've been. You know, it's it's hard to enjoy. Um, you can't really enjoy it. You know, you know you're going home, so you're just um, you're just trying to stay professional. And and we did. You know, we didn't. No one fell out with each other. We just tried to stay professional and get on with it. We played Spain, um, and uh, yeah, we just did that stage. You're just looking to keep your head down and, and try to get home. And, you're, you're getting your emails from your club back when you're to go back pre-season, you have to be back in whatever, you know, you've okay. different 
when you're out of the tournament. So the minute the new are out, your clubs are on to all the players. You need to be back in two weeks. You need to be back. And you're just like, just leave me alone. I've had nothing but soccer or football for the last, you know, every day for so long. And your club are already telling you this is what you have to do. And you have to be this fit. And you need to be back on this day. And uh, yeah, so... Sorry, yeah, short answer, no, <laughs> you can't, you can't enjoy it. If you get to a final or a semi-final or quarter-final, I'm sure you're hearing something totally different from me. If you speak to the lads at Euro 2016 um, in Paris, I know their experience was obviously a lot different than this. They'll be yeah. yeah. I think as well, where they, I just remember talking to them at the time, one or two players, and they were staying out near Versailles as well, and being able to go out around the Versailles Palace and go for walks, I think it was just a... Slightly different uh, experience. We were in a city centre and stuck in a hotel and couldn't leave our floor, basically. Um, I remember not being able to open our window because it was like a 24 hour party on the street. Chatting and cheering up. So, um, which would be good crack if it was going well, but uh, <laughs> we're fighting for our lives, maybe not so. So, um, yeah, no, it was. Yeah. It wasn't. I'd say Roy Keane would have loved that if he was uh, still in the squad at that stage. But uh, what, like, you mentioned uh, kind of being in Poland, you may as well be anywhere, or you're stuck in your hotel room and having to experience it there. But for the Irish fans who hadn't been to the tournament in 10 years, and for a lot of uh, people kind of like our age, the first chance you get to go, and Poland was actually a great venue for that, and it was a, it was a real party, you know, and... There's two things I kind of want to ask you about that. One is kind of like, do you have any much of a sense of that or is it too far removed? And then the second one is, when the fans were kind of singing Fields of Atenry when we're 4-0 down to Spain and getting the kind of criticism from the sort of the angry fans at home or the angry media who are like, we're celebrating um, failure again and so on and so forth. How do the players feel about that? Is there a, is there a, when you're involved in it, I'm sure it feels a bit different. Yeah, um, well, I've, I know people, many people I've spoken to over the years who had the best time ever out there, no matter what yeah, results. I know. But, uh, I don't think people did, did enjoy the trips. Uh, did enjoy Poland. Um, no, no problem. You know what? I prefer our fans singing that than telling us how shit we are. Like, it's a different story if we'd been in, yeah. you know, group and then, you know, Sorry, no disrespect to San Marino, but if San Marino and Andorra had put us out of the Euros or something, I think the people who were there were fairly clued into, you know what, Spain were good, Italy were good, Croatia, great. you know what, we were all looked like we're trying at least. Um, we weren't good enough. And, and, you know, it's a different atmosphere. It's not, when you're supposed to people who are out there are more involved in the sea, they can actually watch the game and to see what you're doing, you know all over the pitch, not just what the camera's showing or what people in the studio are saying about you. So they're not getting influenced maybe as much as when they're at the, and they're caught up in the atmosphere and they're there to, you know, there to enjoy themselves and support the tournament. You know, you're driving out to Poland, spend a fortune, you're not going out there to shout and abuse players. In yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Fans thankfully don't do that. 99.9% they support you as long as you, you know, look like you're, you're doing as much as you can. And we were, we just weren't, weren't at the races um, football wise we weren't up to the level needed um, and no I think like what if you can't go out I'm sure most of those people a lot of those people had saved up a lot of money to go out there not going out there to not have a party as well it's mm. part of the whole experience so you know um, no I've no time for that crap um, you know it's, it's you're out to enjoy yourself it's a, it's a holiday as well as a tournament to support your country you're not there to shout and abuse 
we've got to the tournament, so that part of the, you know, fair juice, we've got to the tournament, so go out and, and support us. And, and that's what our fans did. You know, you wouldn't have known, as I said, saying we couldn't go outside our hotel room because fans were singing and cheering. It's a lot better than we couldn't go outside our hotel room because fans were, you know, pelting pet- 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 stuff. That's <laughs> 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 support, and that wasn't, wasn't an issue. Um, Deadly. So, yeah, we're standing on that. Um, and then looking at just you mentioned your 2016 there as well. You were very unlucky to miss out on going to it. You got an injury in was it March or April as well that kind of had worked against you there as well. Was it like something when you were looking? How how was it adjusting to be from a player to a fan? And then like obviously you'd be as caught up as the rest of us in the excitement of it and the the Italy game and the like. But just come Jesus, you know, I'd love to be out there. I didn't. Well, I I thought I was sort of I was in the. Yeah, my suppose I, I did get affected. I got an injury when I when Martin started me to give me a you know a good chance of starting me and Shane Long, which very rarely ever happened. Me and Longy playing together, um, yeah, and I was close to going. I suppose I'd spoken to Martin a couple of times, and um, you know, meant to be flying over a few times to join the squad and whatever. I, I didn't end up going, so. Um, the actual games themselves, the first game, was it Sweden the first game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were training with Colorado, um, so I didn't see it. Um, no exemptions made for, for watching it or anything like that. We just, when it was on in America, you could watch it, no problem. But um, yeah, couldn't. And I, I think all three games, I was either playing a game, playing a match, an MLS game, or, or training. Um, so I didn't get to see any of the matches. I remember Sean St. Ledger there at the time. He was injured, so he was in getting treatment, running out to tell, shout out onto the training pitch that we'd fallen. <laughs> Memory of that. But yeah, so obviously I'm in America. I'm so far detached from it. The time zones are totally different. Yeah. So you're not, like it was 10 o'clock in the morning, we're training when I ended up in Sweden. Um, so not caught up in it at all. And it's probably the best place for me, to be honest, because if, you know, if I'm not there, I'm so like wanting to be there and be involved in it, and then um, the country's having such a good time watching it, supporting it, um, you know, you'd just be dying to be there. Um, so being in America, it's totally, you know, the place is oblivious to the European Championships. Um, to be honest with you, I think the, I don't know what the the American version was on at the time as well. The uh, North South America, the old golf position. Okay. The one gold think, cup? Yeah. No, I think it's a gold was, cup or something like that. Yeah. One at the time, anyway, and they were a lot more interested in that. So, um, you know, the, the Euros was sort of played out under the radar a bit. And um, so, yeah, and obviously, we're not yeah. many other people, me and Sean St. Ledger, and that's about it. So, um, Maybe. Um, so yeah, Podrick Smith, the, the CEO of, or director of football at the Rapids, um, it's the three of us, and that was about it. So, yeah. Um, Maybe this is the one. It was close, very close to going, and then to be just absolutely have yeah. nothing. N- yeah. not, you know, twenty twenty, well, the twenty twenty one euros, or whatever, going to call them now. This no. will be the one if we finally get to it that we can enjoy. He'll be stuck in an RT studio huh, for that one. That was. <laughs> 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 Kevin, can I just go back to your twenty twelve? Really, uh, Sweden v Romania or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, back, can I just go back briefly to what happened after 2012? Because I think there's a, probably a sense of, you know, the group would kind of come to, you know, again, 
not underestimating the opponents or anything like that. It was just the feeling of a sense of a kind of an end that was the achievement. And, you know, most of you were going to go on, obviously, onto the next team. But was there, I don't know, like Trapatoni stayed on. It wasn't a great tournament. We were out very early. We ended up having a, um, he, he kind of got sacked before the end of the tournament even. We were hammered to Germany. Um, another very, very hard group, actually, for the World Cup in 2014. But, um in retrospect, or even at the time, quietly, you're obviously not going to, you know, be saying anything around that. Was it, there a sense that it was time for a change there? Uh, I, looking back, and at the time, I think it was time for Trap to move on. Yeah, I think he, I, I really enjoyed him. I liked the man. I thought he did fantastic stuff, but I, I do think he was just gone. Um, I don't think he was as well, basically, as he, I don't think he commanded the, the same, he didn't have the same, he just wasn't the same person as he was when he took over. He was older, obviously, but I just don't think he was, um, you know, I'm not sure or not speaking about his, I suppose I don't know his medical record, but I just don't think he's helped as well. I don't think he was strong a character as he was when he first got the job. And I think he should have, he should have, um, um, you know, that, that was the time to go. And unfortunately then the, by staying on, it sort of tarnished his, legacy with Ireland because he was very popular for three or four years as Ireland manager um, and was a chairman man and I really liked him I talked to him obviously a fantastic manager and player um, so it's a pity how it ended with with, uh, with um, Trapatoni um, yeah he should have should have moved on it's easy to say that now isn't it but I think we all had the feeling at the time that was the, yeah. the case the squad was coming to an end it was three or four or five players maybe moving on you know, age-wise, even with the lads were staying, including myself, you know, I was probably 29 heading for 30. It was, you know, and a lot of lads were in that same boat and it was going to be a transition and it was, it would have been much easier and much better for him to, to leave to leave at that stage, I think. Um, and then, yeah, the next qualifying campaign, we said we didn't, we, you know, we didn't do anything. Um, you know, just, a, um, again, I can't remember a whole lot of it. Yeah, it was Germany, Sweden, and Austria. It was like really, really difficult. Like it was, uh, but none of the results really went our way. I don't think. Yeah, no. Except I, for I a Germany match, what yeah. I think we drew with Germany. That was gone at that stage. Germany, uh, Germany away. Um, I remember that one, but um, I don't think I played the Germany at home one. From what I can remember, but um, yeah, no. Listen, it's pity. I, I, I always feel sorry for, for Trapattoni because he's remembered maybe more so for that than. Than the first three or four years in charge, when when I thought he did a fantastic job to turn us around, um, you know we we didn't get near qualifying for the before he came in for the previous campaign or two, and I thought he did a great job of galvanising us, organising us, and, and getting us into a a way of playing, a mentality to to get us to, to that Euros we spoke of. Yeah, exactly. Even look, going into the Euros, we've gone fourteen games beaten through the qualifying campaign since we lost to Russia. So it shows you. Look, Kevin, thanks very much for chatting to us today, and we'll be chatting in a couple of weeks again. Uh, looking forward to some actual football back on the television. So can't wait for that. Nothing to talk about. Good stuff there from Kevin. Hopefully, we haven't uh, ruined his day on now, Mick. That he'll be thinking uh, of the Euro twenty forever. Yeah, look, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee that that's the case, Mark, but. Uh, you know, I think the listeners, the listeners had a right to know what was. <laughs> I think I actually enjoyed looking back and thinking about a tournament that we've probably tried to keep out of our heads for a long time. As you said, I think it's time for as a nation for us to heal from that. And you know, I what I find sad is for the likes of Kevin, for the likes of John O'Shea. Well, John O'Shea was at Euro twenty sixteen, but. Um, you know, a few players that that's their only 
tournament memory yeah. of Ireland. And it's probably, you know, all things considered, you know, it's probably our only negative tournament that we've ever had. You know, like we didn't but get like, out of the group technically in, in Euro 88, but we beat England. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, go as far as we would have wanted in America, but we beat Italy. And even in, uh, even in France, like it wasn't amazing, but we got that result that we needed against Italy and it's euphoria. You just want one moment of euphoria in a tournament and that's it. And we just yeah, exactly. It, that's you know? it. It's, it's kind of like, and obviously he was saying you couldn't enjoy it completely understandable that you can't as a player looking back in the, you know, the week or whatever. But like, to, for that team to get to a major tournament and for them to, and like that was back when it was still, wasn't it still the 16, only 16 qualified, you know, it was harder that, to get yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, and then, so like, and even to, like we're saying, don't expect them to be Croatia, Spain or Italy on papers. And they just didn't, like, it's no, you know, that like for them to, it's an achievement in itself to get to a major tournament, to play in it, but at the same time, it's all probably soured a little bit because of what happened there. But yeah. it shouldn't be. It, you know, yeah. it's just it, know. if you're being realistic. But I know that's not the way things work. Um, no, but but if there's so many probably lads came that Kevin played with in between 2002 and 2014 who never got to a major tournament and like you know to finally achieve it and then for that to happen. But look at as you said, as the years go by, and um, I definitely think we probably were over. Uh, not critical is the word because I don't think we were massively critical, but like just no. over uh, negative will, about it or too negative about it. Two things I want to mention. One of them's very quick. We also we didn't talk about the fact that we had the worst jersey we've ever had for a, a major tournament. The dark green with the collar with the little pinstripe oh, yeah. uh, orange or gold as it was again. I don't know what the obsession is with the FAI with gold, which isn't the colour of Ireland, but they have them on the numbers and stuff now again. But uh, awful jersey. And then the other thing was uh, the stuff we were talking about with the fans. Like, I do understand back here, you know, and like Roy Keane had a go and then obviously a few others, the type of journalists that you'd expect, you know, like, and I do understand that there's a sort of a sense that football is the most important thing that's ever happened. And if we're not winning the World Cup, then we're failing. And you get caught up in that bullshit. You do. Right? And I can't even remember whether I think I was defending the fans at the time and definitely saying it wasn't as big as embarrassment as people were saying it was that we were singing the fields of Atten at 4-0. But I look back at it now with all this time removed and it's like, sure, isn't that what exactly what supporters are supposed to do? Oh, they're on a jolly. Great, they're supposed to be on a jolly. What the hell else are they doing? They're going to a football tournament. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think for me, and especially we realise it over the last few months, like I'll never underestimate the importance of sport i'm never suggesting that it's anything less but like it, it's constantly overlooked of how important it actually is but at the end of the day important for lots of reasons but one of them isn't that i should be sitting there sulking and shouting abuse at people because that's what a real football fan does you know and yeah, like I, I i i definitely think i defended them at the time but I, I can't be sure but i definitely wouldn't you get caught up in it and you're not as when you look back at it now Eight years later, cold light of day, what a ridiculous, stupid argument that all was. <laughs> Wasn't it? Like? Yeah, yeah. Fangs, like, being, fangs being good, not causing trouble, what arseholes. Who do they think they are? I think the annoyance that people got, sometimes some people got from it, was more like the self-awareness of it, of like, yeah. oh, we're just going to sing the fields of that right so that we look class kind of thing. Whereas maybe they weren't present in the moment, some of the fans... Because yeah. they weren't singing, you know, they weren't singing it because they were, they were like, they weren't having a jolly. They were doing it for the, what do the they say cameras. nowadays? The, 
for the likes on Insta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I actually agree with that. But here's the thing. You can't, I don't think there's ever as pure a story as you want things to be. So like, you know, it's never going to be, oh, as a, as a, we came across spontaneously as a group of 20,000 people and all started doing this, you know, it's never going to be like that. But what I'm saying is if the instinct is to suck up and be a Instagram dickhead for want of a better word, is that still better than firing missiles at Damien Duff, who's played his 100th game for Ireland, but, you know, and is one of the all-time yeah. greats, but, like, is going out to a torrent of abuse on his international career. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I still think oh, that yeah, this yeah. idea that uh, nothing is ever going to be pure. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Except for to... German football. Ladbrokes <laughs> one two three. It's your chance to win a hundred euro cash by correcting me from the score of three this weekend's matches in the Bundesliga on the Ladbrokes.com website. It's free to play. If you get all three scores right, you win a hundred euro cash. If you get one right, you get a euro free bet. If you get two right, you get a five euro free bet. And Mick, I was very close last oh. week. I still only ended up at one euro free bet, but uh, it wasn't to a million miles away. No, I promised you goals, and there were goals aplenty. You, you promised me goals, and I will say one thing. I checked the score of the Bayern Munich match on Saturday night, and it was 5-0, which you had predicted. I predicted 4-0, and I genuinely got excited for you because it's so long since we've had this run of 1-3. It was like when it was the Premier League games. I used to, the, getting the first game right on the Saturday was the greatest feeling in the world because you bring yeah. it Sunday, you're convinced you're going to win it this time. You're one up of three, you know. And I was, I was actually excited for you. And then another thing is that most weeks you tell me, "Oh, I came really close. If this happened, this happened, this happened." And it turns out you were weren't winning an arse's roar of anything, and you've convinced yourself that you were close. This week you were close. This week I'm going to give you the floor <laughs> to explain how close you got. Well, it wasn't really with the tour game, but the second uh, game then. So I, okay, well, the way it happened, never got two up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way it happened in order is how it gets close. Because, like you were saying, you could sometimes you might be a million miles away from the first one, and then you get the second or third one, and what's the point? But uh, whereas this was like Bayern Munich five 0 I'd called it finished five 0 against uh, Dusseldorf. Then the next match was Borussia Mönchengladbach against Union Berlin. I said it'd be four uh, one to Mönchengladbach. It was. 4 0. So I was just crying out for a Union Berlin goal. So that <laughs> ruined it. Goal, then it was, consolation goal. Consolation goal. <laughs> I was like, I'll be five bet. But anyway, I've got my one euro free bet in the bag. And then I was yeah. like, can I make another five? I'd said Paderborn, you know, this is one that was kind of up in there because as you were saying, Bruce Dortmund's season was good as over after losing to Bayern Munich. Uh, so we didn't really know what to go with there. So I actually initially thought 4 0, went 3 0 to Bruce Dortmund away from home. Turns out, no, Dortmund are very good at football still. And they won 6-1. Six six one. One. So it was a good bit away from that. But I was right in my lots of goals prediction for that one too. You were, yeah. And I actually, I did, when I was looking at the score, I couldn't remember exactly what you'd gone for, but I knew that your instinct was a hammering. So yeah. I didn't know whether you'd said 5-1 or something. I thought you were a little bit closer than that. But um, again, I think I might have talked you down because I think I had 3-2 or something like that in that yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I won't be underestimating Dortmund again this week though. They were, this week they are up against uh, the first game in 1-2-3 uh, this week they're against Hertha Berlin the other games are Union Berlin against Schalke and Augsburg against uh, FC Cologne so starting off with Dortmund against Hertha Berlin they're all close this week they're hard to predict um, mm. like Hertha are decent exactly much more I don't know, what are you thinking test, here yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be I still think that I feel that Bayern and Dortmund and then like you know maybe throw in once you glad back or you know I, I think Bayern and Dortmund are far ahead of everybody else. They might not be in points, 
but I think in terms of class they are. And for me, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and I, you know, we're talking about a very small sample size, and we'll see what happens when the Premier League comes back and the other leagues. Whether this is is that the top teams are going to dominate in this weird situation where there's no home and away, there's no, the, it's all about kind of just like preparation. There's yeah. no kind of getting up for it because of the fans. There's no real stakes for a lot of teams, really, you know. And I think that what's going to happen is that these brilliant players that are better than everybody else are just going to show because it's at a kind of a, almost a lower level, really, just because of the nature of the way it's been played. And for me, then, I wouldn't be batting against, no matter who they're playing, Dortmund or Bayern for the rest of the season. So for this, I'm going to go 2-0. Um, no, actually, do you know what? I'm going to change that to 3-1 just because of the amount of goals that have been in the uh, season so far. I also go with 3-1. I was, you're going 2-0 as a guy going to go 3-1 here. So yeah, we agree. 3-1 to Dortmund against Hertz Berlin. Second game up, Union Berlin against Schalke. These two teams are a disaster at the moment. I mean, we laughed at people saying, you know, talking about form, but into the first game back after the break, saying, like, well, no one's played for a couple of months. Yeah. It turns out that both form and class are permanent if you go by <laughs> Schalke, because they haven't won a game in about 45 years. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know who, I think, how can they both lose? Um, I'm going to well, go two all here. I was, goals in the draw. <laughs> I'm going three all. Three all. There yeah, we go. no, I am. I was going to three all. I was going to interrupt you even just to tell you what I thought, but uh, we're we're close. But I'm going a bit wild. Three all. And then Augsburg against Cologne again. Another one that's really hard to call. They're very close in the form table as well, and in the actual table. Um, oh, uh, I'm going to go with Cologne to get a win. I'm going to say two one away win. Okay, don't ask me why. No, I'm, it's fine. I, I just. Look, waters. I've got Augsburg 2, Cologne 1 written down, and I think that's a perfect way to finish the segment that we go opposite score, op- same score, but opposite winners. So there we go. We've both have gone with 3 1 uh, in Dortmund against Hertz Berlin. Uh, you've gone for 3 all in Union Berlin against Schalke. I've gone for 2 all. And then we've both gone for 2 1 either way. I've gone for 2 1 Cologne away to Augsburg. You've gone uh, Augsburg 2 1. So there you have it. You can get on to labbrooks.com yourself right now and play 1 2 3. It's free to play. If you get all three right, you win yourself €100 Euro cash. Up next, before we go, Mick and Pip are going to try and win the All-Ireland Hurling Championship quiz style. PJ Brown joins us now as well. He's going to partner Mick McCarthy in a quest to win the All-Ireland Championship quiz style. PJ, I like your style. You, you got to the All-Ireland uh, final the week before last week with Mick. Uh, or sorry, it was a few weeks ago at this stage. Um, in the 2013 All-Ireland Hurling final. Lost there. You decided... You're going to take a week out from quizzes and focus on studying and preparing, and then you're going to come back stronger. And I think you, you said you know all there is to know about All Ireland Championships at this point. Mark, there's the devolved the rust versus rest debate here, and I'm well rested and I'm ready for this. Yeah. Good stuff, Mick. You had the heartbreak last week. You had Donny on your side with you last week, and it was the 2013 All Ireland Football Championship. You got to the All-Ireland semi-final, lost, and then answered the All-Ireland final question correctly. It was all a little too late for Lenny. Uh, Are you confident this week you can go back, come back stronger? Uh, I'm never confident about this because I always think, how the hell am I going to know anything about a random championship from however many years ago that I don't know beforehand and I can't decipher them between each other. But as the questions come, we tend to be able to figure them out and we tend to have more knowledge locked away in our in our brains than we think we do. So my confidence level is 
confused. I don't know. <laughs> I, I both think I can do it and I'm confident that I'm getting knocked out in the first round and the qualifiers. <laughs> well, lads, I can reveal this week that you will be playing to win the All-Ireland Hurling Championship of 2014 quiz style. Oh, Does okay. that make a big difference? 14 is well, I w- good. I, w- I was at both finals that year anyway. I have a good memory. <laughs> the fact that you know in the rain. The fact that you know that uh, there were two finals uh, <laughs> bodes well for you as well. Uh, so yes, lads, if anyone nobody's listened to this before, uh, if you haven't listened, this is the way it works. The lads will get asked a question. They work together as a team. You get asked a question on each round of the hurling championship from that year. They progress as the as they get them right. They get, they progress from the preliminary round all the way to the All Ireland final. Should they get one wrong before the quarterfinals, they will go into the back door where they will answer one qualifier question to get back into the normal round. Uh, with the rules will make sense as we go along. But lads, first up, we will start with the preliminary round question, and it covers the Leinster Championship, surprisingly. Um, 2014 was the first year the qualifying group system uh, came into play where Leinster, in Leinster we had to get into the quarterfinals of the Hurland Championship. In that group were the counties Antrim, Leash, Westmead, London, and what other team? Give us them again. Antrim, Leash, Westmead, London, and what other, t- other team? So two teams qualified out of this group to get into the Leinster quarterfinals. The obvious one is surely Carlo, you would think. Yeah. However, yeah, Carlo would be the obvious one. It's either Carlo or Offaly for me. Because mm. Offaly definitely, like while they weren't at their current level in 2014, had been slipping. And I, I do vaguely kind of remember a... Um, I do vaguely remember a sort of a controversy at the time of them having to come through this, and they did. I remember like two teams came out of it. So just to, this was to get in. So two teams went into the Leinster quarterfinals versus um the the winning team from the year before. So say Kilkenny made it to the straight to the Leinster semi-final. I'm just kind of counting up the numbers here, right? So that's one team gone. Then, so that means you needed how many teams you needed? So there was that means there was three quarterfinals, and you need six teams. So there's four teams, which would have been Wexford, Dublin, Galway. Yeah, and it probably was awfully. So yeah, it, it's either Carlo or Mead. Mead definitely were knocking around at this stage as well. Then yeah, I I, w- I would presume that Carlo were at like a higher level than Mead at that stage. Yeah. yeah. Carlo beat Wexford in the league. It was the first kind of time they made any impact. And I feel like that this was around that time, 2013, 2014. Yeah. Mount Leinster Rangers are like getting to an All-Ireland yeah. final. Yeah. 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 Previous, okay. previous year, I think, was it? Yeah. Must be Carlo then. Unless that, yeah. Must be Carlo. Carlo is indeed the right answer. The one count you didn't mention there interestingly is Kerry because they played in the preliminary group of the Leinster Hurling Championship in 2016 ah. oh, with okay. Offaly so you were right that must have been the year you're thinking of Mick where there's controversy of Offaly getting into it that was in 2016 but Carlo was the right answer had that straight and away Antrim, Antrim and Leash I think came out of the group in 2014 um, I, I, sorry I had it here and I went looking at all the different years um, so I've lost my page but yeah Antrim and Leash came out Carlo finished actually third in that group uh, won one and drew one so you're on to the quarterfinals of our, uh, or sorry, provincial quarterfinals of the 2014 championship. And we're going down to Munster. 
Cork eventually won their 2014 Munster quarterfinal after a replay. Who did they beat? After a replay. I can tell you that the score lines were 121 to 121, and then they won the replay 28 points to 14. Double score. Oh, Waterford. I'm almost sure it was confident because it was a surprise draw. Waterford weren't at their best at that stage. They kind of the following year they kind of came back into um, contention. Yeah, I've no memory of this whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, the first game being pretty poor, and it being a surprise draw almost. You know, because Cork were top of the game at that stage. Is Final it Waterford? answer. No, yeah. Waterford. Yes. Waterford is the, final, is the right answer. They beat Waterford 28 points to 14 the second day, uh, which means you move on to the provincial semi-finals. We're going back up to Leinster. How many goals were scored in the drawn Leinster semi-final between Galway and Kilkenny? Was it four, six, or eight? Drawn Leinster semi-final. Was this the day of the during the World Cup, PJ? Do you remember when Shefflin and Canning both traded the points at the end? No, yeah. Remember that? Maybe. And I'm, then it was the whole... Because I'll tell you why I remember that. Because I remember one watching it and two, then it was the whole, oh, forget your World Cup. This is it's all about hurling. <laughs> and it was then people backlash that and so on and so forth. The now I can't remember was anything the... else about that game except for two points. And the question is, how many goals <laughs> It was it the, 22nd, like... the 22nd of June, 2014. So it would have been during, right slap bang in the middle of the World Cup. Right. Okay. Give us the options again, Mark. Four, six, or eight. Okay. Was it the day that Joe Canning caught the ball on the loop? Do you remember for that goal? Oh, so he, he caught it back to goal, yeah, turned straight away and fires yeah. it in. I could maybe. be wrong. I think so, though. I like it's, or Maybe that wasn't against Kilkenny, actually, now that I think of it. No, it was. Oh, God. Yeah. Henry definitely got late scoring and Joe got one from the sideline to equalise. And I do think there was a few goals, but like honestly, I haven't a clue here. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know either. My guess would be four, but then why would he be asking the question if it was just 216 to 216? Like, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you think that he's it's a super high scoring game, loads yeah. of goals, and that's why he's picked it out here. Yeah, or is he yeah, trying I, to I be like, too smart? But this, this is more about uh, what we our <laughs> psychology analysis of Mark here than you know, how much Knowledge. we remember the game. Psychological analysis of Mark here, yeah. The only thing, the one caveat I'd add to this, and I'd add to it, never mind. I'm not, I'm not confused as mid question. Extra time? No, no. No. I'm not saying anything. No, no. It's unrelated to the game. I want to know what it is now. I feel like I if was, I feel like if one one of the team had got four and the other had got two, or if it was three goals each, I feel like the score line. I think it might be remembered a bit more than just a, now. It obviously was a thriller, but my memory of it being a thriller was because there was a winning point for Kilkenny followed by a surprise mm. equaliser for Galway. You know, um, Kilkenny were also like really strong favourites in that game. Waterford Galway had, had a terrible twenty thirteen. Six or eight. Go on, you decide. We'll come back in the qualifiers anyway. 
I'd How say hard four. is the qualifier question here, Mark? <laughs> uh, it depends. <laughs> it's hard to judge these. They blend into each other like we were saying off air before, before uh, the quiz. Uh, these teams play each other so often. Yeah. Like, go, going for the one in the middle is always the obvious one, isn't it? All right. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it up give to me, you. Mark, I... Mark, screw it. Mark, give me eight. <laughs> You're going eight, PJ. It isn't eight. Eight final answer. You've just won. You've got your three to the next final. <laughs> eight goals. <laughs> Lost the rugby self there. Yes. You've, uh, eight goals. The game finished 5-16 to 3-22. What? Uh, oh, forget your World Cup. Nice I'm going, yeah, forget, exactly. forget your Premier League coming back. I'm going back to watch that match. <laughs> uh, I have not one on, is that one being on TG Gary yet? Feels oh, like that should oh, be on TG Gary sometime soon. Uh, Kilkenny won the replay at 319 to 117, which is yeah. a high-scoring game. And it's it wasn't on right. Kelly. But, uh, yeah, the caveat, the caveat I was going to add there, PJ, is because I can forgive you because you were away last week, but uh, Mick last week used the same logic of why else was the question uh, if it wasn't a notable thing in the All-Ireland semi-final and came undone because of that. <laughs> logic. <laughs> I'm trying to remember history. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it don't always well, be... Uh, eight. Well, how did you pull that out? That's fantastic. <laughs> well, the edge. Yeah, it was mainly about how well I think I know Mark. And uh... <laughs> yeah. Well. So here we go. Leinster final, sticking with Kilkenny. They then beat they beat Dublin in the final after that, handily enough. Uh, meaning that a Kilkenny captain raised the Bob O'Keefe Cup for the 69th time. Who was that Kilkenny captain? 69 times. Uh, oh, 2014, right. Jesus, there's so many captains. They've all, and they won, he won All-Ireland, which does narrow it down. Yeah. Was it Leicester Ryan? What year was Could he? Could have been. Uh, like a, a round then? The other then or the following year? So Kilkenny hadn't won in two years. Like They had a mad drought. They, <laughs> hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't won since 2012. Uh, one year, sorry. <laughs> Well, I suppose it could have been two or three or whenever it was, 2012. TJ. Lester Ryan didn't play very much, did he? He was... Uh, no, definitely he was, a captain. That he was yeah. a panel, like, yeah, he was on the panel. So, 09 was... I'm just even just going through these in my head. For, like, Fenley, Michael Fenley was 09. Wasn't him. Uh... 2011. What year was Jackie Tyrrell's year? That was earlier, oh, wasn't he, it? 2007 was or something. Yeah. yeah, he was very young. Yeah, and he was a uh, felt felt like he didn't deserve it. I remember reading in his book. Mm. Oh, just thinking the Kilkenny team in the All Ireland final would have been Brian Hogan. Could have been Brian Hogan. I don't think so. Oh, I know Lester Ryan was one of those mad years that he was a captain yeah. just based on the club. Um, like it wasn't... You're always safe safe going with a Ballyhale guy though, aren't you? Well, it wouldn't have been Shefflin in 14. Maybe TJ. Maybe. You you were at the replay. I wasn't at the replay. I was only at the first day. <laughs> I don't remember who lifted the cup now. Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't stand. I didn't st- hang around for to watch uh, Kilkenny lift uh, Lee McGarty. Well, you didn't think there could be a question on this in a video no. podcast in six years' time. That didn't really occur to me at the time. You know, 
Do you never um, might get to see them again until the following year? Um, TJ? I don't know. TJ or Leicester Ryan are the two names in my head. Maybe we should just go with Leicester. First half. You pick, you, you pick this time. Yeah, well, let's go with Leicester Ryan. I may as well go with my instincts. The amount of times that it's gone the other way. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, lads. He's our 2014 <laughs> Leicester Hurling champion. It was indeed Leicester, right? Yes. You were very close to top of yourself out of that one. Again. You had it straight away at five minutes later. <laughs> you're back round to it. So you're through to the All Ireland quarter final, which is that there are no more back doors. You lose now, you're out. Good night uh, and good luck. We should be in the so, semi. Ah, look at this is the way it works. It's a different, it's a different structure. <laughs> We've restructured the championship for the quiz. So, All Ireland quarter final. Name the two winning teams from the 2014 quarterfinals. Which basically means who were the other two teams other than Kilkenny or Tipperary that played in the semi-finals? Limerick played Kilkenny yeah. in the other semi, so Limerick are one. Oh, or were... Yeah, sorry, so Limerick right. were... So I've messed that question up. Yeah, Tipperary, Tipperary and Limerick is the answer. I actually would have got that though because Cork won Munster. So, you did that, mess it up, but I, yeah, I would have got the question. You would have got that. I let you away with it. Because I, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have added the... I was trying to make it more clear for you, but yeah, because of, that was the trick bit that Tip get, got to the All-Ireland final. No, but, yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll just door. explain, and you can believe it or not, or make up a new question, but I knew that Cork beat Limerick in the Munster final because they played two years in a row. So therefore, and I knew Limerick were in the semi-final... Tip obviously were yeah. in a semi-final. Cork must have been, ergo vis-a-vis. I was also at the Cork-Tip match and Cork were absolutely hammered out the gate by Tip in the semi-final. Well, <laughs> you're on to the All-Ireland semi-final and the question <laughs> here is, in the semi-final, Tipperary hammered Cork 218-111. to 111. Who got Tipperary's goals that day? Two oh. players. Don't know, oh, that's, that's up to you. Okay. Jesus. You're at the my, game, Mick. Yeah, my, my memory of that game was Cork rather than Tip, like, and just how bad they were. Like, that scoreline actually flattered them. Mm. Whatever you said there. 218 to 111. Yeah. 218 yeah. to 111. It was yeah. over well in, the, like, after five minutes of the second half. You presume, like, Callan is an option here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, if I, we don't know here, the answer is Seamus Callan got both. Like, you know, it just is. Um, other options being bubbles, being uh, Lars in the round. Who Lar? Lar was, but I don't know who he was scoring two goals or goals in the All Ireland semi-finals. Uh, he was off the bench, I think, in 2014. Okay. Um, well, he could have scored. Uh, the other options, then I think John McGrath was just through that year. I think that was his first year. Um, no McGrath, obviously. Hmm. Uh, like there were train group, but answers are you just naming everybody who ever played Hurling for Tipperary. No, I'm trying to give PJ uh, hopefully uh, something jumps into his head. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. This is how it works. You've Mark, you've thrown this year upon us. We have to it takes a while <laughs> to like rummage through the memories. Yeah. And and we'll <laughs> and uh, pick out these two goal scorers from this random game six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to like next hammering. week when we're doing the 1998 Hurling Championship. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I was I at know. this match, and I like I I have no extra memory if I was at a match or not. Like you know, it's funny. I don't like I I don't remember being at this game. I don't remember anything. 
Yeah, I wasn't at the other semi, the more memorable one in the rain that you were at, the Limerick and Kenny oh, yeah. one. The one of the wettest days. I tell you who scored a goal in that game it was Richie Power, but anyway, that's another. It's uh, not the question, I suppose. <laughs> The famous day when we uh, decided it was too wet on Hill 16 and we'd go watch it on my phone underneath Hill 16. <laughs> <laughs> it was very wet that day, to be fair. Oh, that was, I've never seen rain like that. Right, here's, here's what I'm going to do, PJ. Seamus, I nearly called you because I'm ultimately going towards the Seamus Callan answer. He wouldn't ask us this question if it wasn't just one person. It, it's too hard to get both off us. He'd ask yeah. us for one. So I think it's one person. Who's, who scored two goals in an All-Ireland semi-final that we're not going to remember for years later? The only answer to that is the guy who always scores goals. Yeah. You know, um, or ghouls, as Alan Shearer would call them. Uh, so, by power of deduction and guess... We're going Callan here, are we? My guess is James Callan, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my instinct as well, but... Yeah, well, let's go with instinct then, because we don't remember. Lads, you found yourself back in an All-Ireland Hurling oh final again. <laughs> Lost the 2013 All-Ireland final quiz format, and now you're back a year later. <laughs> back <laughs> in the final. <laughs> this is incredible. You haven't basically, really haven't really known the answer to any questions so far. I've gotten them all. Oh, shit. Yeah, but we've, we've used our knowledge of the game to yes. come up with logical conclusions, even if we don't remember the specifics. I think... Oh, know, no, no, look, a yeah. win is a win. You're through uh, to the final. Right. But this, lads, this, this I will warn you. we're Mayo or not. Yeah, I will warn you that finals, you know, All-Ireland Championships, quiz or otherwise, don't come easy. Uh, so this is a tricky one. But you were at both games, did you say, PJ? I was. I was, I was on the hill for both games, yeah. I Mick, was at the first You were match. at the first game, but not the second match. the second game. I watched it on TV in Spain, yeah. So I'll remind you that the two games finished, the incredible final, the first day as well, uh, finished 322 to 128, and the second day, 217 to 114. Mm-hmm. Your task to win the 2014 All-Ireland Hurling Championship is to name the goal scorers from the two games. So there was a combined eight goals in the final. Who scored them? I watched the first match. I watched both of these, the highlights of them, when I did a piece on balls for the ranking the Kilkenny tip for all Ireland finals before the final. So if you'd asked me this last September, Mark, or last August, uh, unfortunately, the memory fades after 10 months. Yeah. Or six, six years. Six years. <laughs> <laughs> but look, lads, it's not easy. Like, this is to win a, an All-Ireland. You have to have... How many goals scored? How many the goals? The deepest recesses. There were eight, eight goals, goals scored. Okay. Yeah, altogether. Not necessarily eight goal scorers, so. Oh, sorry, seven goals. This was easier when you were asking me about Claire goals. <laughs> no, there were eight goals. I've got the wrong scoreline down here. Um, Five the first day, wasn't it? And three the second day? Oh, yeah, sorry. The second day, it was 217 to 214. I don't know why it's at 114. So, there so was... nine goals. No, four the first day, three twenty two to one twenty eight, and then two seventeen oh. to two fourteen. So four both days. So Tip were one twenty eight, weren't they? Yeah. So yeah, Kenny scored five goals and Tip scored uh, three goals. I think John McGrath got one at least. 
Okay, I don't remember, but we'll go with that. I mean, but you think bubbles? I'm confusing the years now. I remember Bonner getting a goal in an all in the final uh, against Kilkenny. But that all those, was, so all it wasn't 11. Oh, my God. I'll give you a little bit of a clue because yeah. this is a tricky one. Uh, there were three Kilkenny scorers and two Tipperary. Okay. So it's not, even though there were eight goals, it's only five goal scorers. TJ Reid must have scored. You'd think so. Why don't I remember this? I don't remember either. <laughs> I was at both. <laughs> Colin, Fenley, Colin Fenley I'm pretty sure scored the first I think he might have even got two in the first final although I've been wrong before I'd lock in Colin well, Fenley I, I'm okay. pretty sure he, he scored Colin uh, Fenley PJ who else is in the Kilkenny full forward line who's in the Kilkenny Taggy, I think he was gone. Uh, John Power. Mm. I think Richie wasn't playing, was he? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure John Power was knocking around. Uh, Then you would have had Henry off the bench, but I don't think he scored or anything. Goal-wise, anyway. Um... Walter Walsh. Oh, yeah. There's a possibility. Uh, <laughs> like I feel Dunford like we've done well. These like, guys, John, John Joe Farrell, I don't think any of them were, were scoring in all Ireland finals, were they? No. Paul I feel, I feel like, Nick, we've, we've done well to get to an all Ireland final here. And, uh, <laughs> we're just going to name We celebrated hard, and the semi final <laughs> was our final. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, how about this? We go for TJ Reid, Colin Fenley, Bonner Marr, yeah. John McGrath. Yeah. Oh, am I too early for John McGrath? I, maybe. Possibly. Are we safe for saying Seamus Cannon? <laughs> Probably. I feel like they're saying like Seamus Cannon and like Bubbles or... Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of the goalie John McGrath got against Galway actually in the semi-final in 16. Oh, see, 16. Maybe that's when Bonner scored. Oh, I don't know. Um, Bonner Marr, Seamus Callanan, TJ Reid, Colin Fenley, and Wally Walsh. Walter Walsh. That's, you've lost yet another All-Ireland final. Unlucky, you were actually very close in the end just pulling names out of a hat there. Because <laughs> 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 you were a million miles away at the start and then you just went, oh, here's five. <laughs> just, so, TJ Reid got a goal. John Power got a goal. Oh, uh, we said him. Patrick Marr got a goal. So there's three. Shamey Cannon got two goals, which is, if in doubt, go with Shamey Cannon. Yeah, four goals in the All-Ireland semi-final and final for him. Yeah, yeah, that's, no one remembers it. <laughs> that's five of the eight goals. And then across the uh, two finals, Richie Power got three goals. He got two goals the first day and he got a goal the second day. Oh. Huh. Forgot about Richie. 
I didn't. I thought that 14 was the time when he kind of came back and scored loads of goals. But, oh, and shit! Is- <laughs> 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 I knew Richie Bauer scored three goals. I got my ears confused. I, was thinking, I, I forgot about Richie after the semi-final. I don't know why I thought we changed years. Uh, <laughs> that was... The best he Zoom scored, podcast moment goals. I've ever seen. He scored four goals in three games. And <laughs> I I was only talking to him about this when we did a panel with him that he should have won an All-Star. We did an All-Stars panel with him. Oh. The face on Mick as he realised <laughs> after he went, Sir Richie, I thought that was 14. <laughs> oh, Mick. That's the, that's the face of someone who has missed an open goal. Who didn't, oh. didn't realise they were standing in front of an open goal. Who <laughs> somehow got to the All-Ireland final of the 2014 All-Ireland Championship quiz format and forgot that it was about 2014. I can't, I can't explain my brain. Uh, I can't explain what I was thinking there. I can't. I don't know why I... Once we, oh, for... See, Kilkenny and Pip play each other in too many All-Ireland finals. Yeah, 20, that is the issue. It became the the two games rather than the year for me then you know it's funny how like with Cork and Clare you were able to pretty much straight away you, you were fairly confident in all of them bar one goal uh, from the two games in 2013 yet Kilkenny tip like that for, that Kilkenny tip with Aaron Finals probably could be the best match of the last 20 years yeah. and it, can't, it's so hard to even name one goal scorer from it and I look do you know what if, we got, into it, if we got Richie we would have got John because the two brothers scoring in the same match in the All-Ireland. Like, I mean, I, I literally wrote a piece about it. And then I still probably would have said Colin Fenley over TJ Reid, so it would have been still wrong. I'm going to go with that just to help me sleep tonight. Go. Look, it's about yeah. the journey, Mick. And uh, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well done, lads. Look, hard luck. But, uh, we'll come back again. TJ, we're going to do, next week we'll do it next yeah. week. We'll win a football. Do it I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like after coming so close again, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm still hungry. Savage hunger still here. <laughs> oh, that's pure male talk. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> lads, we'll be back again next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, if you've just listened to the GA quiz and not the rest of the podcast, be sure to do so. We can uh, hear our interview earlier on in the show with Kevin Dye, who chatted through his experience at Euro 2012. Uh, if you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do so by searching the Build Up and Balls and all the podcast apps. But until we talk to you next week, mind yourself. <laughs>